This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today on the podcast, we check in with Blaine Clemick. He's the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. We've got a number of topics, not the least of which is turkey. It's all coming up next. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. It's always good to talk with Blaine Clemick. He is the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager, and we are talking today about the upcoming turkey season and also uh, a winter that we are finally, Blaine, I think, maybe getting over. <laughs> I, I hope so. I think uh, I, I don't think there's a Minnesotan here in northern Minnesota anyway that would argue with that, that uh, maybe we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It is. It has been a long winter. It's been a cold winter. We really haven't had very many days of relief as far as that goes. And, of course, for those who like to ice angle, depending on where they were, most of the reports I got, it was tough to get out there just because of the way the weather shaped up this year. So uh, we're ready for spring, I think. Oh, we are. And I can relate with you about the, the ice fishing thing. I, I spear. And uh, if it wasn't for a neighbor of mine who happened to... Uh, angle on the same lake i was interested in with his big plow on the front of his truck uh, i wouldn't have been out there (laughs) (laughs) i hear that i've heard that so many times from so many people and even some hardcores ended up buying plows this year (laughs) so um blaine let's talk about what's upcoming though we're getting into uh spring pretty soon and that means turkey hunting which is you know something i'm still getting used to talking about hunting in the spring season but that's that's the deal and it's become very popular it sure has uh april 13th is uh the beginning of it all for turkeys um that's uh the first season season a as it's called um these are nine day seasons that uh run from Wednesday until um, uh, Tuesday of the following week. So then uh, you know, on, the, on April 20th, you'd have uh, Season B. And so, yeah, here in the North, here in the North Country, Kevin, since 08, when uh, some reintroductions, or I should say introductions, to wild turkey to some parts of uh, the listening area, uh, here anyway, Osage by Park Rapids, um, Northwest of Bagley, uh, east of Clearbrook, some amount of birds were released from wild-caught birds in southeast Minnesota, and uh, some some of the gobblers came from Wisconsin, and I was involved in those releases back in 08. But those were the last turkey releases in the state of Minnesota, uh, and you know, you and I both know, and, and anybody that lives around here in the greater Bemidji area are routinely seeing turkeys now. Absolutely. I was just talking to a guy who was uh, going up through Gully uh, about a week ago and was stunned by the number of turkeys he saw wandering on the edge of town even. Yeah. 
Yeah, those birds, you know, I would suppose, uh, did you say gully? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's a grain elevator there, and I would bet, uh, you know, they're smart birds. Uh, they, they know where the food is, and that's the thing about turkeys. They are, uh, even though they're huge, they can be big. 25-pound gobbler is not uncommon. Uh, they fly, and uh, they fly well. They're strong flyers. So, you know, they're not as limited to a, an area as, say, a deer is, which, you know, are limited where the deer can travel. Depth of snow um, restricts them in that regard. But uh, turkeys, you know, they to some extent can get up and go and go where the food is. And so places like Gully with a grain elevator probably are seeing some town birds. <laughs> What is it about turkey hunting that that has, you know, sparked people here? You know, I've thought about that. I'm especially Kevin when I was uh, before I began hunting turkeys, and I first started hunting. Actually, the first time was sitting in a blind with my son uh, on an event that the Wild Turkey Federation put on uh, to introduce kids to turkey hunting, and so we had a guide. You know, this was some, uh, a program, and uh, we were hooked up with a guide in Ottertail City, um, in Ottertail County, and a fellow actually was a U.S. postmaster, and he had some hunting land and so forth. And so my first hunting experience, turkeys, was back in, I think it was 2010, 2011, something like that, sitting in a blind watching my son uh, and eventually harvest a big gobbler that uh, the guide, the man that... Uh, we sat in the blind with, um, called to us. And that's, you know, that's when I finally got it, that uh, this is indeed something that is enjoyable, obviously, um, plus uh, something that once, you, once you've done it once, you'd want to do it again. It, it, there's a lot of excitement involved here. You're sitting in a blind or sitting on the ground in camouflage. Uh, you're waiting for for a creature to show up kind of like deer hunting you're waiting for for a deer in some cases you know with deer hunting you can use a call like a grunt call and and call in a buck well the same thing is with a turkey you're you're calling in um a breeding bird and you know during the november deer hunt you're you're using a grunt call um to attract a buck during the rut the breeding season and the same thing is true in the spring for turkeys it's the breeding season and these gobblers will come in calling, gobbling themselves, uh, and strutting, uh, like you see in Thanksgiving, you know, pictures and so forth. That's what they look like. They puff out all their feathers. They're coming in. And you're, you're trying to outsmart a bird, uh, by utilizing some calling techniques, some, uh, maybe some decoys, some camouflage. And, and it all plays into it how exciting and addictive hunting turkeys really is you know and there might be something uh, about being out there in the spring when the leaves are coming out rather than when the leaves are falling good point um depending on when you hunt uh, i've hunted a lot of the season a's that first week of uh, or second week of april um and you know here in northern minnesota we all know that april isn't necessarily the month of showers uh, you can get snow showers mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah uh, I've hunted in in snow, uh, you know, actual snow storms. Uh, at one time, when snow was coming down hard, I couldn't even see my decoy. So the weather can be 
can be iffy the early part of the season, but you, you've nailed it on the head since the season extends uh, to the end of May with all of the seasons. Um, you know, pretty soon the leaves are out and the birds, the migrant birds are back and singing in the woods. And so all of that adds to that uh, enjoyment factor by, you know, tenfold. The weather is, generally speaking, real nice. And, it, you know, it's a time of year, like I just said, the the migrant birds are back and singing and the frogs are out singing and, you know, these are things you don't hear and see in the fall. Uh, but uh, you can hunt turkeys in the fall, too. Okay. Now, um, is there a deadline to get your license or you can get it right up until it's right before it starts? Right before it starts, um, during the season even. Uh, but, you know, the thing that we have done over the years, DNR, and um, a part of these decisions and, and, and proposals is over the years, turkey hunting has, has become uh, more liberal uh, because, mainly because the turkey population continues to increase. So the opportunity to, t- to harvest birds are there and increasing in places that they never used to be. I mean, for example, we don't, we didn't, um, we didn't, release any wild turkeys in Kitson County, uh, the northwesternmost county in the state. But they're all over Kitson County now. <laughs> yeah. All on their own. You know, they came from North Dakota, they came from Minnesota, they probably came from some places in Manitoba. So uh, they're everywhere. And, and as a result, uh, we've been able to liberalize the seasons over the years, and that's always been through public input on what exactly people, hunters, wanted and one of the things that they wanted that was implemented some time ago was the opportunity to go anywhere in the state of Minnesota and hunt turkeys and not necessarily have to apply for the the first two seasons and all of that has come has come to to fruition now and and uh, real easy to not only get a license to hunt turkeys but you can hunt anywhere in the state now i haven't done it yet obviously but um for those who maybe are listening saying, boy, you know, I've done deer all these years and I've done ducks, maybe it's time for turkey. Is it a one-bird limit like deer or is it more like ducks where it's a multi-bird limit? That um, is, uh, it's a one-bird limit in the spring, Kevin, and it's a, and that bird has to be a bearded bird because sometimes even a, a hen can have a beard. So if you happen to see a bird with a beard, that's a legal bird. Okay. So... Generally, those bearded birds are going to be male, and uh, the the young of the year or the uh, less than two year old turkey uh, male turkey is is called a jake, and uh, they're just generally speaking a little bit smaller bird than a mature gobbler, and uh, in many of those mature gobbler gobblers can get a beard of up to ten to eleven inches and longer, um, but yeah, but in the in the in the fall. The uh, limit. The limit is um, still one bird, but you can take either a hen or a, uh, a a jake or gobbler. Okay. Either male or female in the fall. Well, oh. so realistically, I guess if you think about it a little bit differently, you can take two birds. One in the fall, it's got to be bearded, or I mean, uh, male or female, and one in the spring, but it's got to be bearded. So two birds per year. Okay. Two different licenses, too, I should, oh. should point out. Okay, yeah. yeah. So a fall license and a spring license. Yep, you okay. got it. We have a lot more to cover with Blaine, so stick around. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast.
If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. I'm Kev Jackson. My guest today is Blake Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. And we're talking turkey. Seriously, we are actually talking turkey. Well, one of the things I had heard anecdotally, and, and, and I think everything at this point is anecdotal uh, as we look through the winter, that uh, a lot of snow this winter, a lot of cold this winter, and some concern about, uh, about the uh, health of the turkeys because of that. What, what do you know so far? Well, what I know so far are, you know, like you just touched, um, you said anecdotally, uh, DNR doesn't necessarily do, uh, you know, like say, you know, for a better way of putting it, like a mortality survey, uh, you know, where staff are out doing specific routes at a specific time during a specific period of, uh, of the month or whatever to actually assess conditions, but they are out and about doing their work and, uh, and also talking with the public and the public uh, uh, not only uh, you know just meeting and, and greeting on the street so to speak but uh, we have people that call our offices up and and reports mortality and uh, we do have an app that we report sightings uh, or I should say mortality sightings observations encounters and so forth and so we do uh, collect data that way but but it is true throughout here in the Northland um, uh, you know, I'm talking like parts of north uh, eastern Becker County up into Hubbard and Clearwater, and then and then north from there. Uh, some of the some of the areas of Minnesota right now are in that um, what we call uh, the Winter Severity Index (WSI). Some people will refer to it as um, in the 90 to 100 and in uh, 105 point range. And and what that means to those I don't know what WSI is. It's just a measurement of of the conditions out there. And what we do is that when snow is 15 inches or deeper, and uh, that's one point for every day, you know, you, one point for any day that it's 15 inches or deeper of snow. And then you add a point for every day that's zero degrees Fahrenheit and, and lower. So this winter... Just thinking about it, we've had a lot of days with 15 inches and deeper snow and a lot of days of below zero. So those points have been accumulating, and we do have some places in in the state that uh, have 120 points and higher for WSI readings. And when you get to that 
when you get to that amount of points, uh, those are what we call a severe winter. Anything 120 or higher, uh, those are severe winters. And we have some of those spots in southern Clearwater County, some uh, in Cass County, some in Beltrami County that uh, are, are registering over 120. So when you have those conditions, Kevin, um, those are tough, tough conditions for both uh, turkeys and deer. Even though, like I said earlier, turkeys can fly. Right, right. And and I think that was one of the things a lot of people wondered when we first brought the birds up here, if they were going to be able to survive a northern Minnesota winter. That has proven to be a non-concern by and large. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Earlier turkey biologists in the state, back when you know turkeys were first uh, reintroduced to southeast Minnesota, there was always this this talk amongst the biologists that, you know, turkeys just aren't going to ever be able to go beyond this certain line of northern Minnesota because of the severe winters, because of the snow depth, because of the cold. But turkeys had something else in mind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it just goes to show you, we're, you know, people aren't as smart as you might think with, uh, you know, biology and all that. I mean, we, we uh, certainly understand the bird and their the limitations and everything about them as far as biology is concerned. But what we didn't anticipate years ago was the climate just gradually changing to a little bit warmer springs and summers and, you know, on average, milder winters. That's all played into turkey expansion as well as birds. Like, you know, now people are, are uh, reporting seeing northern cardinals in Bemidji. Yeah, for example, uh, it's just one of many examples of birds and other species of wildlife. Opossums is another one that are slowly marching their way north as conditions improve in the Northland. But with turkeys, they can handle the cold uh, just fine. Turkeys and the cold is not a big issue. It's it's the depth of snow, like uh, the depth of snow affects uh, deer it does affect turkeys if they can't get to food sources below the snow. And we definitely had snow this winter. We definitely have had snow. And the thing about turkeys, too, is that, you know, they don't only feed on, uh, you know, what's under the snow or on top of the snow. They're able to go up into trees and, and bud off of, uh, you know, take, taking catkins and, and different buds from uh, stout limbs and such, so they you know they're able to to take um, advantage of sources of food that isn't necessarily uh, in the reach of other species of wildlife. Like you know, rough grouse do that. They're very adept at living in the winter time by snow roosting, diving into the snow and spending the night or on a cold, blustery day, and then they fly up into the aspen trees and the canopies and they they pick at buds and catkins from birch trees and so forth and that's what they're eating at this time of year. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the deer and, the, and once again, CWD, not really recapping what we've already talked about this off-season, Lane, but um, I think the biggest thing that I see is I still see a number of people feeding deer. Um, what areas are we not supposed to be doing that? Well, if they're feeding deer in the Beltrami County area, they're they're... They're doing something that's against the law. Okay. Um, but that, yeah, there is a deer feeding ban in place 
in the Beltrami County area of and the entire permit area 184, for example, um, and the surrounding and adjacent deer permit areas. And all of that information is, is posted on the DNR website. Anybody can go to and... Uh, if you were to simply type deer feeding ban or of that nature, you you will find it quite, you know, quickly. Um, yeah. But you're right. Uh, there, there's a deer feeding ban going on. It's all related to chronic wasting disease and that unfortunate um, discovery of chronic wasting disease being in a captive deer herd um, north of Bemidji. And so that sets into motion the CWD response plan, which calls for these deer feeding and attractant bans. And we've got them all over the state. In fact, there's there's not a lot of counties left that isn't under some sort of a deer feeding and or attractant ban in place right now. And the main reason for that is um, lots of deer from lots of different areas are there feeding and can easily spread that disease. Yes, 100%. Um, you know, it's an unnatural thing to do with deer is, is to attract them into one particular feeding trough or, you know, whatever people, however they feed deer. You know, I've heard of things like, you know, where it's legal, people will put a pile of corn, shelled corn out, or maybe a pile of sugar beets or beet tailings, uh, hay bale. Well, these animals are all attracted to that food source, of course, and they're all going to be together in a way that they wouldn't normally be in that close of contact with each other. So, yeah. You have the exchange of bodily fluids and the and the chance, of course, of spreading chronic waste and disease if it's if it exists in the herd. And um, just one other note, and we did talk about this, I think, uh, freshly after deer season's wrapped up. But I think we had a pretty good first year, all things considered. There were no more positives uh, identified from all the people who gave you a sample. Correct? You you got it. Um, that was good news. Yes, real good news of. 1,800 or so samples, Kevin, that was submitted by uh, deer hunters to those deer, uh, those sampling stations around, you know, the Beltrami County greater area. Um, none came back positive, and none, none uh, uh, came back positive from our neighbors in the Indian uh, reservations, uh, Leech Lake, Red Lake, and, and White Earth, all of those uh our natural resources counterparts, they were collecting samples from tribal hunters. And, you know, altogether, perhaps 200 or so, and none of their samples came back positive either. Okay. And, uh, moreover, to the west, where we had those late-season hunts and permits areas 261 and 262 over there in that climax Crookston area, um, none of those hunter-harvested deer uh, during the regular season and during those late season hunts in December and January, none of those samples came back positive either. So as we get into spring and into summer, what is it that uh, you and your uh, wildlife crews will be doing? Spring and summer, people are talking right now, people being you know the wildlife uh, supervisors and their and their um, assistants and and various other staff. They're thinking prescribed burning right now, making plans to do uh, prescribed burns on wildlife management areas and other habitats uh, to improve conditions. And so a lot of staff right now are busy working on those formal 
prescribed burn plans and getting the necessary approvals and making, you know, here it shouldn't be too much longer. And out west, uh, you know, I'm talking places like beyond Faustin, mm-hmm. uh, people will be will be doing some prescribed burning uh, probably within the next couple, three weeks. All right. Uh, anything else you want to make sure people know before we wrap it up today? Well, get out and enjoy the great outdoors. Uh, you know, there's there's so much to do here in Minnesota. I, I was stunned the other day. Um, I stopped at Beside to get a hamburger, and and uh, some fellows that I know there were sitting nearby, and we were talking about the nice warm weather and you name it. And and one got talking about uh, the various places around us here, like LaSalle Lake State Recreation Area, where you can hunt fish and trap, and Itasca State Park, where you can hunt deer during parts of the the year and uh and this one fella looked up and he said you know i've never been to itasca he's (laughs) he's lived here all of his life and uh wow (laughs) (laughs) so we had a kind of a giggle about that but you know we here in this part of minnesota are just blessed with resources Uh, i pinch myself all the time how lucky i am and, and everyone that lives here uh we're just surrounded by, by the outdoors and all the, the the benefits of the public lands and the lakes and you name it. So get out and great enjoy the great outdoors. That's good advice. And yes, I'm hoping uh, we're going to have plenty of warm weather. It looks like this week oh. for sure into next week, and I think we'll start to see a lot of activity out there. I think so. I mean, I was looking at the little calendar I keep for uh, ice-out conditions, and I have a little lake behind my house here. It's a little shallow lake. And in the last 10 years, that lake's ice went out in the month of March. And uh, a few years ago, it went out on March 19th. So <laughs> we're almost at March 19th, and that lake is a long way from going out. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah, I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, you know, remember I, you probably remember years ago when there was a governor's opener on Lake Bemidji, and uh, there was concern that there was there wasn't going to be any open water on the lake. Yeah, we we barely made it. Yep. And I think in Park Rapids, uh, there they, there wasn't open water. They had to do a lot of river fishing that year. <laughs> yep. Oh. So that happens, and you know we could be looking at that kind of a condition this year. Who knows? But Mother Nature might have a different thing up her sleeve here. He's Blaine Clemick. He is the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager, and he's joining us today. Blaine, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely, Kevin. Great talking to you as always. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Northwest Technical College and Bemidji State University. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast has also been sponsored by Visit Bemidji.